Okay, it's another Thursday, people. We are here again. Of course, it's the conversation. It's outspoken opinionated. I am your host, Edwin Meyer. Happy International Women's Month. Happy National Women's Month. All that great stuff to all the ladies out there, especially to my melanin sisters and mothers. I want to say happy, happy, happy International Women's Month, if that's what it's called. I think it's National Women's Month. But anyway, I would say international because I want to include everybody in it. But of course, it's another Thursday. We're out here trying to celebrate our mothers, our sisters, and all the great women that have been extremely impactful in our lives. And so if you guys have been going on with us, we've been advertising, we're having a conversation tonight really about redefining motherhood. And this conversation is really, really um, important because I feel that, and the team, of course, you already know. So they came up to me and said, we need to have this conversation. Let me tell you guys what happened. So they said, we need to have the conversation. I'm like, how, how can I have the conversation? Like, I haven't given birth. And they're like, well, you need to have the conversation. Um, people feel that women um, are supposed to be, you know, that's it. Once they have kids, that's the main thing, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay. So, of course, we tabled the talk. Um, I was, we decided to put it on Facebook, get some questions. And the women who were really vocal on that conversation were the people who brought them on the show tonight. So that's how we got them. They probably didn't figure it out, but we put it out there. They responded. It came with all the opinions and the comments and stuff like that. And so that's why we have them on the show. So we have uh, we have two people who are coming, who are calling in all the way from Liberia. So I'm super excited. I know it's extremely late. So I'm going to bring um, Yava Jones boycott into the stream. Hey, Yabo, how are you? Hello, hello. Good evening to you all. Good morning to me, but good evening to you. I know. Good evening to you. Well, can you just tell the people who you are, what you do? I told them you you all the way from Liberia, so just out there, you better respect the time. So if you start <laughs> yawning, they should know. Okay, I'm going to do my best. So let me first apologize for the video. As Edwin said, you know, it's late and I'm comfortable, so y'all going to just get this voice. <laughs> But uh, my name is Yavo Jones Boykai. I am an educator by profession. So up until moving to Liberia, kids were my life, right? Um, right? So I think, um, and I feel, I guess I'll have to say, I think you did bait us. And I, once you sent me that inbox, I was like, this is what he did. But it's okay. I'm here. I'm ready to have this conversation. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's do this. Well, it's good to have you. I also have Laurie Eid. So Laurie Eid is joining. Laurie, can you just introduce yourself to the people who you are, what you do? Well, hi, this is Lored. And um, I, I my background is in clinical psych, um, uh -huh. but I am also um, a business owner and I own a few products on the, on the market right now that I craft myself. Um, so the conversation really was very interesting because it's something that people really needed. So that's one of the reasons why I was very excited to join the crew today. Well, thank you for coming. Like, um, Yavo said, I think she figured it out once she got the inbox. I was like, yeah, I got them. I got them. <laughs> but the conversation, and I really want to put it out to you guys. It was actually a real story. Um, the story that I put out was a conversation I would definitely give it to people who probably didn't get to read it. I have a friend who I have, um, it's an acquaintance. I would say she's a friend who is a attorney in a really well-known mm -hmm. district in New York, 
in the state of New York. And her partner, they're finally gave me the rights to say the story. But the partner is also her partner is a, a law professor at, at Columbia. And so um, life has been great. They got married around um, 2008. Yeah, 2008, you graduated from college. You got married. Life was great. Everything is fine. Risen in a career. I mean, life is great. They live in an amazing brownstone. I mean, they live in a New York life. Now, being that she is from the other part of the world, where most of us are from, where having kids is extremely important, Right. Um, she's been getting pressure. And so the pressure has been really serious coming from her side of the family. He's Hispanic. They're fine, you know, with the life. And it's really, and one day what really bothered her, and she called me crying, was the fact that she was told by one of her, one, one of her family members who seemed to be really close to her that what's your worth? If you have obtained all this in life and you can have a child, then what's going on with you? Is there something wrong with you? And so she broke down because for her, it's like, I've achieved everything in life. I'm the first in my class. I made it to law school. I mean, I am uh, uh, almost chief district attorney. Like, I've done so much. And the only thing my family can see as an achievement is for me to give birth. And so that's why I bring it up to you guys because you guys all are you women. Um, you guys are, are actually, uh, already either have kids or aspiring mothers. How... Did you first read when I posted it on Facebook? What happened to you when you first read it? And I will start with Yabu because she was extremely opinionated. <laughs> um, I think when I first read it, it was, of course, right? It's just like I'm four years into being married. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I also get the same questions as well. So I definitely felt, you know, what she felt. But it's always that thing. I just, I always want to just scream, why does it have to be her? Like, that's my initial reaction all the time yeah. now because it's just like, why does it have to be her? Why can't it be him? You know? Um, so I think that was just the, the, the gut reaction that I had, you know, to the story. And of course, you know, my heart went out to her. It was just kind of like, yeah, I, I know the feeling. Um, but I think on the flip side, though, I, hear it less from my side of the family because they know I will, I'm, I'm going to clap back. I don't have, you know, I don't have any restraint on them, um, you know, but I'm forced to restrain myself when it comes to the other, you know, my in-law. So, um, you know, that's definitely been something that, you know, I've been dealing with. And I've found my little slick ways of responding without them, without outrightly saying things. But, you know, I definitely felt her. That was it. Yeah, it resonated with me. Okay. It definitely resonated with me. So, Lori, Lori, well, well, what's your yeah. opinion? Well, yeah, it's it's something that is real, um, especially for us from the other side of that pond. It's something that's real. Um, everybody whether it's the in-laws or within the family the woman's worth tends to be associated with how many sons she gave birth to because even if she had given birth and it was a bunch of women they would ask her you know when is she gonna mm -hmm. give birth to a boy 
you know, because I got a bunch of girls, I get that question. And then I tell people that at the end of the day, you understand that women take better care of their parents. And they're like, yeah, it's true. And the conversation <laughs> ends there. But um, then, yeah. I feel I even scientifically, you're like, I'm not the one that determines who gave, who gave me all these Exactly. Girls. But we don't want to so, go there, girl. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you say we don't want to go there, but I think that's where we should also go. Because for us coming from that side of the world, when I say that side of the world, guys who are watching, I'm talking about Africa, um, any place of uh, African descent, the Caribbean, other places where, you know, giving preference. You know, it's it's important. Um, your mother, the people want to be grandparents, you know, it's all that stuff. You having kids is not really for you. It's for your mom and your dad to brag. It's their bragging rights that I have grandchildren. But I want us to go there because this conversation, another person put it on the table when we're having this conversation in our little, we'll call it the village meeting. The person mm -hmm. said, you know something what we don't do? What about the guy? Yep. Have anybody asked him to say, hey, sir, do you want are you ready for a child because everybody look at the woman and was like what happens if she's not ready but have you asked her partner or husband or boyfriend whoever that significant other is is he ready for a child leave the woman alone yep I think, I, mean, go ahead, go ahead, no, I think you know that's even a big thing that not only do we not talk about whether is he ready, but there's this conversation where women feel they have to protect their partners because also male infertility is real. And, you know, sometimes people don't come and say, you know, people will be like, they're looking at you because, oh, you're getting older, but so is he. Has, has, has he brought any kids to you? You know, like, has he ever experienced that? Guess what? Um, you know, he got that late, you know, I think I'm late next, right? So it's just one of those yeah. things where it's like, it's so many, There, it's it's real, especially with all the things going on with people and the health, it's not always the women nowadays. You know, everybody's experiencing, why can't we have this child thing together? You know, from the financial to, you know, we're just not ready to the infertility issue. So all of those things, and it's not always the women. You're right. It's not. It's definitely not always the women. That's very true. But it's like one thing. Even like while we were having that Facebook chat at the village, I was talking to my husband, and he's like, "So what's the husband saying in all this?" You know, right. that was his comment. Because like yes. he he and I before we got married sat down and had that conversation. Do you want children? One. He was like, yeah. I was like, okay. He asked me, do you want children? I said, yeah. He said, okay, how many children do you want? You know, so that we all have that conversation and we agree because it can be like, okay, uh, EJ, we got married, life is fine. EJ is not ready. I'm ready. I'm like, oh, let's have children. EJ's like, that's exactly. what we're talking about. So that's pretty much it. It's like people don't have that conversation early on. When I'm able to shut people up, because I know if they walk up to him, he'll give them the exact same answer. Because we already agreed. This is how many children we're going to have. We agreed to have three children. I said, okay, what happens if we try and the baby doesn't come biologically? He said, uh, we will adopt. We had an agreement. You see what I mean? And I like that. I like the fact that you guys discuss that because I think a lot of people we do. I will say this: I don't. I don't think people don't have the conversation, but it's more on the surface. Uh -huh. True. It's on the surface. Oh, do you want children? Yes. Oh, okay. I want five. Oh, okay. 
Exactly. And then five children. Can you handle five children? Are you counting on your ancestors to come raise them? Let's talk about that. We need to talk about that because it's it's like, oh, EJ is my brother. He used to come help me with those children. Was EJ there when you were doing them? No. He was not part of the math. So why should you rely that he bent over backward to take care of your children? That should not be happening. So the conversation needs to be for real. How many can we handle? It could be one. Okay. You take your one and you peace out on everything else. Or it could be we can handle more because we see that financially we have the thing. Um, we are organized enough that we can handle more than one child and all that kind of stuff. So everything really comes with communication. If that's not there, everybody else that's talking, none of them is going to leave their house to come help you with the children. I mean, people talk to me, you need to have more children. And I'd ask them, would you babysit? They'd be like, <laughs> about that. I'm like, exactly, about that. <laughs> you know, if I may, if I may come in before you move on, Edwin, I think yeah. also, people do have <laughs> conversations, but it's not your business to know that I had this conversation. So, you know, couples are forced to just kind of smile and nod, but you don't know what these two people have talked about. You don't know what they're going through. And, you know, and I I think in any reasonable couple where, quote unquote, things are lined up and they're right, they have these conversations like, you know, this is what I want. This is what we can deal with. And when they're trying and it's not happening, they're still talking. I'm sure they're frustrated, but they're having conversations. It's just not for any and everybody you don't, you're not going, you don't have to call your mother, you don't have to call your sister, you don't have to tell your friends. But I think couples that want that commitment or that bonding to have a relationship, I want to believe that they're having, you know, those kinds of conversations. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> so when I know that Lori said your um your husband was asking what his husband is saying. So going back exactly. to Lori, um, he don't care. He's fine. For him, he's like, like Edwin, I, I have, I think he has seven siblings. He grew up in a house with too many people. He's literally yeah. loving his life when it's just he and his wife. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. it's like, he's like, I can come home. I can just warm something in the microwave and go. I don't got to think about nobody else. When she come home, she do the same. Like that, it's fine. Like I said, his family, because there are seven kids, of course, his mom and dad, they're fine. They have to probably... 25 grandkids, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Her family was really pressuring her to have kids, and she doesn't understand. Like, and for her, it's not really like the fact that they keep on telling her, it's the fact that her worth yes, is basically yes. her giving birth. Yeah. And I, and I want us to move into this segment because I want us to really, really talk about why is it that this society has this segment? that say that a woman without a child is worth it. Like, we might not want to talk about it, but it is so true. Mm-hmm. People have this thing like, oh, oh, you don't have kids. Okay? The person that has kids, they're saying, have other achievements in life. So, I don't know how you guys think about it. Like, and Laurie, you before you started having kids, did you feel like there was a different shift in Yes, there was definitely like from from before and now there is a stark difference that I can tell you like point blank. Um, Like even amongst women, 
there's uh -huh. a difference. The way we treat each other, because this one got babies and this one doesn't. We do that to ourselves. Um, I think this came again from like way back when, in those days where the more children you have, the more possessions you have access to kind of thing. It was like children are well. Nowadays, it's a whole different dynamics, but we just transferred that culture along. We kept it there, even though it's no longer relevant. Right. Having children is no longer a symbol of wealth because otherwise a lot of the people that are on welfare with 7, 10, 11, you know, children will be wealthier, but they are not. Exactly. So we need to like get even women to think about it that way. You know, be willing to have a frank conversation. My dear, I do not want children. Or, my dear, I believe that myself, the way I see me, I can only handle one. The other person can negotiate. You can talk back and forth, back and forth, and agree. And then as we talk with our parents, because the generation before us still has that mindset, as we talk with those uh, members of the parents, grandparents, all of them that get really grandchildren happy, we talk to them again, the same conversation. Look, the achievements that I've had so far are great. Your name is out there already. As far as children are concerned, when the time comes, don't worry. I will make sure your name is on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the main thing, that's that. It's like, Lorette has three grandchildren, and so I want one of them to have my name. That's the only reason I want my children to have it. That's pretty much it. If you look at it, that's the, the reasoning behind it. Because it's no longer that the more children they understand that the more children you have, it doesn't make give you bigger lands. It's just that, oh, before I go, I want to know there's a child over there that has my name. <laughs> because you know, when they, that's the thing. Oh, when the child comes back, they're like, okay, so, so who's going to get the name? Is it your in-law's side or outside? I get I got that question for each one of my wow. Wow. You know, that's the thing. So even when the way we treat each other, my friend, my sister is has not had children yet, I should not treat her any different than the one that has three, four, five children. Because again, it's not because of what she popped out of her, herself, but it's because of her, her. So right. once we take it off that level, then we're gonna fix this issue in society. But we ourselves need to get to a place where we treat each other this, like differently than we're doing now. So because that's what I want to go you because you just live your best life right now. And there are people who are just, people who got kids with her. She's traveling, she's there. Exactly. Right? And I got to be wiping snot nose, and people be mad. So how you doing? I think there are, and not necessarily from me, but I think, you know, I know friends who also live vicariously through people who have children, yeah. right? There's, you don't have that ease of movement. You don't have that ease of finances. You just, things are, 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 are harder for you to do when you have children. And, you know, parents complain and you know that that's, that's healthy, like you're going to complain. But some of, some of us, and some of my peers look at it and they're like, so I'm, I'm actually okay with being selfish right now, right? And nothing is wrong with that. My spouse, my partner, and I, we, when somebody says there's a party going on, we don't have to look for a babysitter. We can get in our car and we move. Um, you don't have to deal with, in some cases, like, think about what happened with Corona. 
it shut it things shut down. down. I cannot tell you how many people who, I mean, as a teacher, that would be like, you have to know these, you know, parents are frustrated. So when Corona happened, some of these parents, they didn't really know their kids, and they're now stuck in the house with these two, three, four, five kids. Mm-hmm. Us teachers for eight hours a day, five days a week, nine months a year. Now, mm-hmm. All of your hands have to be on deck. And the children that you thought you knew, you're now actually learning. And for mm-hmm. those of us who were either from both sides, didn't have children, and who were teachers, I saw some frustrations with some people. And it was it was it was entertaining to me, <laughs> if I have to be honest, you know. So it's like the same way, you know, you're you're looking at somebody like who's gonna take care of these kids and is it about the the who's gonna leave this name behind? Sometimes for us looking in, it's like we see your struggles and we're just not ready to join that struggle. We are, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, you can be mad at me all you want, but sometimes it's I'm just, just, just... <laughs> I've been mad at you sometimes. I'm like, why is you traveling again? <laughs> I mean, if the money's not gonna go to kids, it might as well go to us. Right? I understand, sis. I got you. I understand. But before we go further, of course, we have the amazing Javon who's joining us again from Liberia, guys. So yeah, I told you. No, she's in Ghana. She's in Ghana. She's in Ghana. Ghana. Okay. Well, welcome, ma'am. Thank you for being here. I'm so sorry for being late. Oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. So just want you to introduce yourself to the people. Tell the people who you are. Damn, Rev, I'm put you on the spot. <laughs> okay. I'm Siobhan Burnett, Liberian, I'm currently living in Ghana, but my heart is still in Liberia. I'm a mother of an 18-year-old boy. So <laughs> 18. 18? As a as of one month ago, yes. I can vouch for her. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, to be young and frisky. <laughs> I got stories about that kid. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. But thank you for being here with us. Really appreciate the time that you took to join us. We've been having a conversation, but what we're really talking about right now is this whole culture where they're forcing you know it's like you i did the story and i told people how i got you guys on here because i put a story up you guys were vocal i'm like good i got the people to talk about the conversation but really this stigma where people feel that women your entire life everything that you do if you don't have a child you aren't worth anything and so i don't know how you have a son you have an 18 year old so technically you are an empty nester. You about to be, you about to be, you, 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 you got to, they're about to start asking you. So when you going to have the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear your question. So what do you think about this thing that everybody feels that, you know, a woman's worth, a woman's worth is based on her, ch- her having a child? Yeah, I definitely think that's some backwards thinking in our society. Um, mm-hmm. Even with me having, like, for me, from a very young age, I knew I just wanted one. Okay. Librarian people still not satisfied, or just people in general. <laughs> when you having another one, when you and when you would give your you, the boy a sibling, I'm like, no, 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 no. I knew from a young age, I just wanted one. When I had the one, 
I had made every precaution to make sure it didn't happen again. <laughs> because, you know, even like, I, I think it's a very, very backwards mentality. You know, they like to say, we, we have American mentality, they have a different mentality on this side, but it's, it's, it's very backwards in my opinion. And yeah, and so look at the fact, I like the, I really like it because Laura will talk about this, you talked about this earlier, where it's like, can this person just say they don't want to have any and everybody be okay with it? Can we just move on? Can we move on? And so I really want us to go into this fact where I just realized there is a thing, it's called tocophobia. And tocophobia happens early in the childhood or during pregnancy when women don't want to give birth. So sometimes a woman gets pregnant and she goes into tocophobia and she can't, she not, she says she, she's not opening her legs. And so they've got to do this whole thing. And of course, you know, they got to basically quote unquote C-section. But I don't know if you guys heard about it because I know I didn't know they had a name, but I know I've heard about women who they have to force. Yeah, honest, that's, my, that's my first time hearing the name of that. You know, but yeah, I, I, I've heard it where women say they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not doing that. And I think, I think something that a lot of people don't think about or realize is pregnancy and giving birth is the closest a lot of women come to death before they actually die. There's yes. so many things that happen to your body um, that happen to you mentally that that they don't teach you about in school, in the books, you know, and you're experiencing that firsthand a lot of times on your own because nobody else can tell you what you're feeling or what you're going through. Um, people do a postpartum depression, all that stuff, you know? So a lot of times that, that's a lot for somebody to deal with. And especially if you have um, young mothers, yeah. we are, even at my age now, we are still human beings who are growing, going through these experiences, giving birth to somebody and having to teach that person about life and you haven't even figured it out yet. So it's just an experience. Everything is just scary. You know, it's not something to, to push on people if they're not ready for it or if they don't want it. Yeah. But I like to talk, I want to talk about the body change. So I had the opportunity of being with my wife from day one until he jumped out, literally. <laughs> And I saw the body change, like the way the woman, your body changes, your temperature changes. The like it's a whole different thing. And I think a lot of people don't understand because you I just want to put it, you know, you got you know, like you got the five, nine, six, two girls, you know, skinny legs going. I mean, they're just living the best life, and then all of a sudden their body starts to change. And of mm -hmm. course, I don't care how people can be comfortable with themselves. There is still this subconscious thing in the back of my wife's like, oh my God, what is mm -hmm. happening to me? Am I going to lose it? Am I going to be like, you know, you go through all these changes and that's why, because it's like, is it okay for a woman to say, you know what? I don't want my body to go through that. Absolutely okay. Like you guys um, are women and I just want to find out like, what do you think of like do you want your body to go through that you know it's like i know there are a lot of women who say oh i want to go through that process i think it's beautiful but is it okay for a woman to say no i'm good can i can i start as a person who has um so as the person who's not been through the experience um i would have to say 
Yeah, that, that I think I think somewhere in my mind that's that's me, right? So I have never been through the experience, but I've definitely been with friends and family members and seen how they have changed. I've 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 been in the delivery room with two people, and you know, right there, front and center, and seeing you know the child come out. I mean, living in Liberia right now, some days it feels like two hundred degrees, and I pass by pregnant women who just look miserable, like they look miserable, and I'm like. As my me myself, I'm easily overheated. Like I can't imagine what that must feel like, you know, standing in this heat and like this being this person. You know, you look at people and you're just like you see the nose changing, the the lips changing, and I'm just like, like I I really want this kid. Like I'm not even gonna lie to anybody, but <laughs> it's, it's this process, and I and I appreciate like every woman that I know, and they are beautiful when you know they're in this stage, but this process just, ugh, you know? Like, so I think for me, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm just like, it's it's the means to an end, right? And whenever I'm blessed to go through it, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm going to embrace it or whatever, but just like right now, I look at it and I'm just like, if I like had another way out, you know, I'm I'm game to take it because it just does not look comfortable. It does, and I've been with people who have enjoyed their experience, and I've been with people who, from day one, had a horrible experience. So it's like these dueling things are just like kind of in my head. And like I said, I just see these women here, and it just doesn't. It just looks uncomfortable. It doesn't look fun, and I'm just like, what? Like, what's my next option? Like, I want the baby. Like what's next? Like what? <laughs> you know, what are my options? Where my husband and I can be together and living, you know, wherever. So, in my mind, yeah, I'll accept yeah. it when it happens. But, uh -huh. mm. and I would tell you, I'll let the guys who almost passed out. <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended up in the room. I was, I was in the room, and when I saw. So my friend told me, one of my, my really good friend told me, you know, for us who aren't Liberia on here and people who are watching aren't Liberia, there's something in Liberia we call Kuku Jumuku. Kuku Jumuku, <laughs> if you are not inside, you don't know. Mm -hmm. So they're like, nobody is going to tell you the actual thing that happens in that society room. But when you mm -hmm. get there, you see it. And when you leave from there, trust me, you will not talk about it anymore. <laughs> and so after I saw what happens in the society room, I was literally going. And then the nurse was there, pulled me to the window, opened the window for me to get air. Because I was like, no human being in the right mind should sign up for something like this. Like, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> but, um, Laurie, you have three girls. Yes. Meaning you've been to this place three times. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, because I actually love children and I wanted to have those three. I desperately did. Um, you said one of the reasons also where the, the conversation came up with my husband before we got married was because before we got married, medically, I was barren. So doctors said it'd be like, very miraculous chance if I get one. And if I do get pregnant, it wouldn't hold. 
So I needed, I felt I needed to have that conversation with them that by the way, we need to know, you know, are you game or not? Because don't propose, it's nice that you propose, but we we had to talk. So we talked and, you know, we came to an agreement. Like I said earlier, it was like, if you can't pop one out, don't worry, we'll adopt. But we agreed on a number, which was three children. We didn't care whether it was boy, girl, whatever, because again, I can't make the boys happen by myself. And I can't make the boys or girls happen by himself. So the two coming together, by God's grace, we got three beautiful girls and we are blessed. And yes, I went three times because I love children. I've always wanted to have children, but science had said something else. But I got my miracles and I'm very, very glad to have been able to have those three girls. Amen. Yes. Amen to that. Well, you guys are all women. You guys are all career women. You guys are doing your own thing. And so I want to talk about that because I think that's another factor that people don't factor in. You are a career woman. You have dreams like your husband. You have dreams like everybody else. You have aspirations. There are things you want to do. Unfortunately, there is a stage that you will get to when you are carrying that child, that you can't do all the things that you want to do. When you have the kids, you probably, some people have to slow down if you don't have the finances, like yeah, we talk about earlier, to have the nannies and the this and the that. There are some things you got to put back on the back burner. And why I bring this up is because I, there was a post, somebody posted, but he actually factored it the father's mouth when they put mothers in. He said that um, Phil, Phil, he felt that the fathers, like our fathers, we're less fathers than the fathers now. And so I want to put mothers in it. And I want to say, you know, like, okay, why would someone say the mothers are less mothers than now? And I think one of the things what he said, we added in, was career-driven. You know, the mother, the, because I brought it now, so we're talking about mother. He said, well, you know, um, uh, um, the mothers now, they can go, um, they can go get a job and they make and take care of the home and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, let's talk about that. So you guys are all career women. You're doing your thing. When that time, Yabo, your time coming, or that shot, maybe <laughs> your best life will hold you to it. But, but Yabo, also you, like, did you ever sit down and think like, okay, there might be certain things I might not able to achieve because I want to have kids. Or I do have kids. So, so there are certain things I can't do when it comes to my career or when it comes to where I want to go with my business and stuff like that. Anybody can tackle um, that. Um, I know one thing was I realized that as long as I was a full-time classroom teacher, I didn't want to have kids. It's exhausting being a teacher and then turning around and coming home to deal with your child or your children. So I think my career path was always, okay, I will spend time in the classroom, but at some point when I'm looking at getting a family, I'm going to need to move out of the classroom, not out of the school, but I just cannot be on all day with, you know, 25, 30, 35 of other people's children and be the best them and coming. It's just exhausting. I am an introverted person as much as <laughs> people don't want to believe it. And so at the end of the day, dealing with peers and students and parents, when you get home, I was tired. So I knew that if I, when I was ready to have kids, I had to transition out of the classroom to be the best mother that I think, you know, I needed to be. So that was, you know, that's how I think career played for me. 
I'll let the other two chime in. Well, Siobhan got an 18 year old, so. Uh, so for me, I think when I was younger, I was a bit naive. Um, because like I said, when I, when I was younger, I knew I wanted one child. I knew I wanted that child early, like before 25. And in my mind, I had it all planned out. I would go to undergrad, I would finish grad school by the time I was like 23. And then I would have my child. Um, and I thought, and I, first, I, like I said, I was naive. I just, I was lucky enough to have family that was very supportive. So I just had it in my mind that we would take care of this child. You know, I was very naive. <laughs> no, I did. Ha I had a great support system. And I think, I think um, my timeline worked for me because um, the, the time where I had to be really active, um, I had time. I was still early in my career. I had time to do all of that, spend the, the time with him, you know, and now that I'm more settled and, and established in my career, he's more independent. So I don't have to feed him, you know what I mean? So I feel like the timeline that I had my child on worked best for what my my life, what I went through in my life. Um, and I think I was I was blessed to have that timeline because I couldn't imagine where I am in my career now having to take care of a toddler or or even a four, five, six, seven year old, you know? Um, so it, it just worked out how it was supposed to work out. Yeah. All right, you got a business, you got a husband, you got three kids. Now, how you doing? Yeah. Tell us, tell us. <laughs> 27 hour days. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, But you know, it's I think um my husband and I uh have a system that is working well for us. Um my business is also something that allows me to, you know, be in my in the zone. So while the children are at school, we get some things done. You know, we have our meetings and stuff because I'm also um, a consultant with another um, a local company. So I do those things. And then when it comes to my business things, I wait for everybody to be asleep and I do my thing. Nobody is interrupting me. And I take my time and I flow. By the time they wake up, everything on that side is covered. So that's kind of how I've been doing the business and the everything else. Um, but, you know, like um, Siobhan Rush mentioned earlier about the school. For me, schooling was very important. And I got married towards the tail end of it. So by the time my first my first pregnancy was there and it's time to give birth, I was like two weeks away from my first graduate degree. So I took pretty much the break and came back and do the two weeks and I graduated. And then my second baby, I came back to get my MBA. <laughs> and again, a few weeks away from graduation, it was time to give birth. I peaced out, came back, finished the program and graduated. So I walked while I was even walking for the MBA. The baby was in the stroller. And some of my <laughs> classmates were like, oh my gosh, that's a cute baby. I was like, oh, if you knew. <laughs> but, you know, it worked out well for me timeline wise. And also the fact that, you know, my husband has been very, very um, hands on and very understanding. So that has helped with everything else that's going on with me. That's really, really 
I just want to add something quick. I think um, one of the good things about our culture is we have that it's a village, uh, it takes a village mentality. Like yes. I always tell people, I say my child is the perfect example of it takes a village because from birth, <laughs> that's like I've, I've, I've been so blessed to have an amazing support system and it's important. And you know, a lot of people don't have that. So I understand it. everybody has different um, difficulties when um, going through child rearing, but um, that's the one thing I, I really appreciate within our community. We have that it takes a village mentality. Um, you never feel like you're on your own. Even if you buy you and your child to help by yourself, you never feel like you're on your own. Even if it's just a phone call for somebody to give you some words of encouragement or whatever the case may be. Um, I've always had amazing support behind me. And, and I think just to add before we move mm -hmm. on, I live in Liberia for that exact, it takes a village reason. Like I was like, you know, I don't know where where I'm going to find myself in 10 years, but I need my Mary. I need Martha. I need somebody to wash the clothes, you know, mop. I, 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 I want that. I want that. And I want it for cheap. And, you know, I'm not, you know, so that's part of why I'm here. We're not coming back to America is what she's trying to say. Listen, that's what I'm going to say. I'm looking at, I'm looking at we both of right They ain't coming back. They're done with us. Yeah, but like, yeah, we are here. We are here. We're holding the ground until you guys get back. But, but what is this? And what you're saying, it's really important because that, it takes a village to raise a child. It's extremely, extremely important. I think a lot of people don't understand that, especially for us from the Afri from African background. You know, when the girls who are fortunate enough, you know, their mothers will come, the sisters or the aunties, somebody will come, you know, show you the little ropes on your first gay birth and do all the little, you know, they'll show you all the little tricks, things that you can do. You know, they will be there for you. Sometimes they will do some, leave you alone. You got to figure that part out by yourself. By the end of the day, they're still going to be there. Your aunties, you know, you can still call them and say, look, something's going on with the child. I know my son used to have this hiccup thing. And I would be freaking out. My uncle said, Oh, imagine knock the ball back. The ball would be fine. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to the doctor. She's all oh, young, the American children. The ball would be fine. When he do that, because he used to like literally feels like he's choking in his sleep. And she's like, oh no, it's fine. Just knock it back. Knock it up. What she used to say, the bottle can have air in it, and the child has gas. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what the? What are you talking about? But I think it's that thing, like you said, it's like the village. You always have these people who will be there for you, help you to assist you with the child and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the responsibility, that is your child. Mm -hmm. That is nobody. You have this person now that everything you do, Yavo, you have to think, oh, I won't go on a vacation, but oh Lord Jesus, what will I put this child? Let me look at the school schedule. But when okay. I why, why can't my child start stamping passports as soon as he or she can start stamping? Hey. Passports? Oh no, it can happen. I'm not saying it will work around them because you gotta work yes. around the school schedule. Yeah, you gotta work yes. around the school schedule. Can I take the child out of school because you won't go to uh, sing? I'm a teacher. I will support that learning, honey. <laughs> This is your attention. I can't do it. That whole quarantine thing, that stressed me out. I was out. Done. I couldn't wait for him to go back to school. But let's talk about the responsibility because I think a lot of people just look at it. And I like, yeah, but you talked about it from the beginning. We're talking about finances and all that stuff. People don't factor that in when they're talking about having children. Mm. They don't factor that in. They're just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have five children. Um, uh, 
even if you live in a developing country, five children still cost a lot because you have to pay the person who's going to come to the house to take care of these five children. You got to pay somebody what that extra five people clothes they have to wash. Like all that stuff, you got to think about all that stuff. So I think I really want to talk about the responsibility that that is really focused on the mother. We have this thing where it's like, it's the mother's responsibility. So you guys are all moms and prospective moms. Tell me your honest opinion about that. If you're upset, just say it. <laughs> so that is one of the main reasons why I have always been team one and done. <laughs> because I grew up in the house with, I have a lot of siblings, but I grew up in the house with my two brothers. And like, I used to see the frustration on my mom's face when like the three of us fighting. And like, when one of them get me started, that whole day we own. So I'm like, you know, I used to be like, you know what? When I have my children, it's just going to be one. I just got to worry about one of them. Nobody coming before it's like, you know, so that, that actually, um, and not only that, you, uh, as a child, you observe things. You see, yeah. um, especially like, I know everybody assumes that when you, once you live in America, you got everything good. No. <laughs> when you see your parents struggling and there's some things you want to do, but maybe you can't do it because you know they don't have it. And you see that they have to spread it across. All those things factor in when you, when, when, well, at least for me, when I considered how many children I want to have. Like, I know what I'm able to handle. I know my level. Let me stay right there and not overexert myself. So all that plays into part. Everybody has what knows what they can handle. And for me... I know by myself what I can handle, so yeah. Agree, Agree with you. What team won? If I may chime in, I think for me is, I mean, I'm in the middle of three, I have a bunch of siblings, so I saw all of that. But I also, you know, this whole war thing that happened in Liberia, you know, Siobhan is talking about the struggling. It was like, you know, my dad lived here because it was the best way he could, you know, provide that financial peace. And then it was my mother taking care of my sister and I. But whenever my dad would come, you know, it was as he, he would cook. Like, people always like, oh, how do you look at your dad like that? And so I'm like, I know this man as my dad. I get it. He's respected and blah, blah, blah. But this is my dad. This is the person who, when he was in America, like he would iron my clothes, like clothes, like outfits over outfits over outfits. And when he would leave, I would enjoy being like, oh, I'm still wearing something that my dad ironed. So I always knew that, you know, I want to, you know, you can't, you can't make things up, right? So you, you don't know what God has in plan, but I want everybody in my family to have their own car door. Like, nope, you know, so that means us plus the two kids. Um, you know, I want, um, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, and then I want to have a partner that's present, like, you know, because it's, it's, it's true. Like, it was those moments where, you know, like when my dad was present, he took us places and I, and I enjoyed that. This idea that especially African men are, can they, if you allow them to be absent and not present in this place that I see, they will be. So all day, you know, so I'm like, no, sir, like you need to be present. Um, and I will say this, I was, and I tell people this all the time, I think I'm crazy. I was strategic in the kind of partners that I wanted to have. I never wanted somebody who previously had children. As a teacher, I seeing my friends, I'm selfish. I want a man to be present for his children. So I will never fight somebody for going to their child's basketball game or whatever during the day, but I want you to be with me. I never wanted to be that person to have to choose. So I was like, we both need to have a clean slate. 
-hmm. you know so go ahead Laura. i like that. i really really like that that's i don't think a lot of people take that into consideration because you oh, can't yes. you can't stop your partner if they have kids mm -hmm. outside will be with their kids but then you also in the home let's say with your kids and you need that time so how are we going to divide this time and so i really i really like that you brought that in because i think that's extremely important um Laurie, you want to chime in or you like i'm enjoying this but <laughs> yeah it's like they bring very valid points it's like when the selection process needs to happen you really have to think, am I going to be the only one holding the bucket? And one expression that I used to have back in the days is like a single mother that is that happens to be married. So a married single mother. Um, we have that mentality, especially in the African circle, that you have a lot of married single mothers. So those women, it's like, you know, there's the, there's an inside joke with my husband is you go to the church, you see the husband like five miles ahead and the woman's dragging all the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> dragging all the children. That's pretty much it. It's like we need to get to a place where, you know, the parents are both working, you know, walking in, you know, going places with their children. But for that to happen, y'all need to have that conversation. It's true that it's like complicated when the family is recombined, you know, like it comes with one, you come with one, you come together and then you have others together. And it's all like, oh, who's going to be doing what? And there's baby mama trouble and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it all boils down to communication. Because then he and I can be like, okay, what times do you think work for me to go visit with the other children? You know, or when can the child come? Because at that point, it's not encroaching on your space. You dominate your space. You're inviting the other child in and out so that they can have that family environment going. Whatever he does with the child or the child's other parents is something that you are well involved in. You know, I've seen that in my family and it works when communication is there because then the other person is afraid of bringing drama because they're aware that you dominate the space. Mm. But if that conversation doesn't happen, it gets complicated and, you know, misunderstandings happen and things go sideways real quick. Um, and the choice of coming, starting with a clean slate is very, is very good because you know yourself. You know what you can handle and what you cannot handle. So if you don't feel you can handle a recombined family, it doesn't matter how hot the guy is. Peace out. It doesn't matter how hot the lady is. Peace out because you can't handle it. Especially when the is the lady coming with a child, you gotta be all levels of mature to be able to handle that. Otherwise, you don't break the the relationship that you thought you were having. So yeah, but since we're on that topic, I want us to talk. About this is 2022. I'm just sorry. This is 2022, and now the dynamics of family has changed. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys, if um, so, I watched the little videos on Instagram, and they have this video where this couple, they're like, it's like the 21st century couple where they're trying to date, but they're literally asking these like really serious questions, like. 
what's your income level? Uh, where would you like to go for vacation? How many kids would you like to have? Um, where would you like to live? And you know, and for his was a deal was they got a vacation in I think Brazil. She said she got a vacation in in the vineyard. He said that's not gonna work for him. Okay, bye. We try. Have a good day. Yeah. And that I think is like if we look where well, we talked about, you know, the redefining of motherhood, the redefining of all these things. And being that we're celebrating um the women's history month, that's why I had you guys come on this show anyway for us to talk about this. It's women now are stepping out the box. Nobody is here to be breastfeeding and cooking food at the same time. Nobody's going to be doing that no more. We are all going to take turns. We're going to take, if we got to take the kids to basketball game or either going together or one person going while I'm doing this other stuff. Like, I mean, that is what's happening now. And so I really don't under, I'm really trying to find for you guys, you know, I'll call you guys the 21st century women, like your career women, you have your kids, you're going on. It's like, what do you expect, you know, in the next five, six years from your husband or your partner or the man in your future when it comes to kids. Anybody can go. Because <laughs> everybody go way too quiet. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'll go. <laughs> I think even now in my career, I still don't know what I'm doing, right? So <laughs> it is just what it's just at about that time where I was like, okay, you know, I'm ready for this next phase. So I just, I mean... It, it's just it's just going to be what it is and the rest of the things will fit into in this stage and I'm willing to give up you know my quote-unquote freedom for this stage to happen right before like Siobhan said before she wanted it before 25 you couldn't pay me you know like you you, you like when she said it I was like Oh, like you, you couldn't pay me at 25. So I was going to do any and everything possible, you know, for that not to be, you know, the space that I found myself in. So now, I mean, I still have things that I want to do, but I think I'm at a, I know I'm at a place mentally where interruptions are welcomed, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, and, and for that next phase to happen. So I feel like, you know, that, 21st century woman can continue to happen with the nurse, the nanny, the maid, the cook, the laundry washer, (laughs) you know, all of those things. It's just a matter of, you know, what you're putting in place to, and of course you don't know what will happen. You cannot predict the future, but I feel like if you have set your career up to give you the things that you think you're going to need to succeed, then they can happen at the same time. Right. Yep. So that was it. Who's going to talk? Who's going? Who's going? Who's going? I'm going to go ahead, Lori. Um, I believe that um, as far as planning is concerned for this, um, everything really, I've gotten the best of both worlds when it came to this. So I'm, I'm very happy because we have such a nice com- communication that we're able to pretty much adapt when things change, you know? Because I know when I was younger, I had this rigid kind of list that I need to go by this list. But now I have learned to, you know, just hit the ground running. Every time something happens, I just adapt and I move with it. And it does the same. 
And so that allows us to be able to handle much more than if we had kept to rigid expectations. Because again, life is not rigid. You know, you wake up the next morning, you can decide that instead of these grays, you want to be blonde, Just go for it. <laughs> you know, but it's like we need um, expectations true, but I believe we need to leave room for that unexpected to happen and be able to flow with it. And that's pretty much how we've um, been living uh, marriage so far. This year has been nine, nine years and we've been at it. Nine years, three children, you know, um, and pretty much we have three toddlers. So you have to get pretty creative on the road, you know, like the oldest is seven. So, <laughs> so it's, 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 it gets exciting. If you keep it rigid, you lose your mind because really like, especially children nowadays, I feel like they're born with a different kind of something. So. <laughs> Said, sit down and look at you. Thank you. I'm like, sit down. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> and this is why I said while I was in the classroom, I couldn't have kids. Like, I'm doing that times 28, 32, 35 people every day. Like, if my child is not going to sit down when I ask you to sit down, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. <laughs> I like you said that because we used to say that too. I know I was that one. I'd be like, if any, and then my son, he would just look at me and be like, okay, can you just sit down? Like, can you please? But that's because you're not dealing with the kids all day. Trust I'm me. Talking to you. Can you move? <laughs> <Can you> please. <laughs> it's like, like, because I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you guys have been great. It is. Three minutes to go time. And like I always tell people, I say, you don't realize that how short an hour is. But this has been great. I appreciate you guys for coming here. Is there anything you want to say to the people who are redefining motherhood? You guys are just fabulous women out there doing your thing. We especially the melanin sisters. Y'all, I just yeah, I just love my black sisters, and y'all just doing it out there. And y'all with the three kids, Laurie, we appreciate you. We love you. You're doing it. We get Take our hat to you. Shivana right here trying to show us that she got an 18-year-old. You know, she's like, I got an 18-year-old. I don't deal with that stuff you're talking about. It's okay, Yamo. I'm sorry. You okay? We just going to be watching you on Instagram. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Let me go. That's like, let me go. That's like, because I want to look at her. She just traveled again. Oh, my God. She just traveled. Look at me. I can't go nowhere. But from here, we are snotty nose. <laughs> but um, I think to say to people that will really be great before we end this. So my last 30 seconds, especially for those of us, like we haven't even hit the five-year mark. We don't have kids. Like, it, you know, it's none of your business. <laughs> you know, um, it's th simply that's what it is. It's just none of your business. You don't know what the couple is going through. They may not be going through anything. So just wish them well in whatever it is, you know, this journey that they've embarked on because being married is hard enough, you know, and then you throw in kids, you know, it's another, it's another level. So it's none of your business and just wish them well. <laughs> Next person. Oh, Siobhan, you're saying something? For having a toddler or young child at this age, 
And I don't want to make it seem like having a teenager or older is easier because it it I actually think after like preteen and teenagers are harder to deal with. You're dealing with a lot of a lot more mental struggles, you know what I mean? Um, as opposed to just physical energy being exerted. So it's not something that get gets easier. It's a it's a tough journey from you know from birth until way past 18, you know, I still have a lot of work to do because even like today's kids are not the kids we were at 18. So I feel like they're still, I also, I still look at this boy as if he's like 12 or at the oldest 15. I'm like at 18, I had my own apartment. I was paying rent. I was working, but I can't imagine you, you know, right now I have my own car, all that stuff, but yeah, so it's not not to diminish any anybody's um, efforts or anything or make it seem like it gets e- it doesn't get easier. It's just a different level of effort you have to put in a you know different um, difficult level of difficulty, but it's not it's not an easy journey. Mm. Enjoy these these few years. That that's the fun. It's fun. It's so much fun. I just don't have the energy anymore, but it's fun. There's those. How is that fun? fun? He doesn't. My son doesn't want me to hug him no more. Like, like, you know, like, get away, get away. Like, like Lori said, I actually, I actually, even though I said I only want, I actually, I love, love, love children. But I just know that for myself, I only wanted one. But I have so many nieces and nephews that I can spread all this love to. My son has plenty of cousins and and God siblings that he that are siblings to him. So. He has an abundance of love and yeah, so. Well, two things I would say is communication and planning. Those are the two things that people need to focus on. Everybody else, they're just there for the food. That's it. Because really it's the same thing. When you're getting married, you spend $100,000 on this wonderful wedding, 500 guests. The 500 guests show up for the food. After you get home, you deal with the person you brought home. So it's the same thing. We outside, we there for the food, for the baby shower, take nice pictures, Facebook posts, and that's it. You struggle on your own. If you count on me to have 10 children, you'll be sorely disappointed. So communicate with your partner and have that moment of planning. Plan it well. Because I am only there for the food. That's it. We only come to the baby shower for the food, people, and to take the really nice pictures. If y'all didn't know, that's what we do. Uh, and that's what you did to us, too. So we're going to do it to you, too. But this was the conversation. We had a great conversation with these amazing ladies. Thank you, Yavo. Thank you, Siobhan. Thank you, Lorette. I enjoy you guys. Uh, we have come to the end. The conversation is done. I hope we can continue this conversation. Those who are watching in your homes, talk to your kids. Boys and girls, I know a lot of times we have this conversation only with our daughters, but you want to have it with your son as well. Have these conversations. They're extremely important. So we see you next week, Thursday. Um, you guys, you all have a great, great evening. And thank you so much for honoring the invitation. And I'll see you later. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a good night. Bye. So, of course, you're watching the conversation. Of course, we are still on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Of course, we're there. You can go ahead. The conversation, I spoke on Opinionated. This was the conversation. My name is Edwin Meyer. And guess what? We are out.